Hey there, Crosswinds family and friends. Welcome to Crosswinds Unleashed. Each week we're dedicated to bringing the best stories and biblical life principles from authentic believers. Our podcast breaks down the Christian life through interviews and practical instruction, hopefully in a fun and accessible way. I'm Craig Cooper, the host of the podcast and lead pastor of Crosswinds Church. Uh, As I like to do, uh, every episode is give a special shout out to Elijah Merrill, our producer. As I like to say, because it's true, all that is good about this podcast is because of him. Anything that goes wrong, I will take full responsibility. If you want to learn more about this podcast or anything Crosswinds related, head on to our website at crosswinds.church. Well, I'm really excited this week to be able to have two friends of mine who are a part of a sister church plant in uh, West Henrietta um, called Inspire. Uh, Sam and Reka Abraham are here with us, and so uh, Sam, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, thank you, Reka. Welcome, good to have you here. Thank you. I know you're going to be blessed. I think the first time I got to hear their story, my wife and I were in a restaurant here in Canadagua, and uh, we left uh, encouraged, challenged, and I believe you are going to be too. Um, we're going to start as I like to, to start uh, as we introduce uh, each other here, as we introduce Sam and Reka to you, by asking the question of how they came to Christ. And so who wants to start out with that? Uh, I will go first. Okay, Sam. <laughs> uh, so I can be quick and, uh, um, and then I will let my wife uh, talk about it too because my uh, transformation story, uh, of course, you know, not uh, as uh, great as my wife's, but but every transformation is amazing the way Christ worked in our lives. So I was born and brought up in a Christian home by the grace of God, but my parents were second-generation Christians who were converted from Hinduism. So we had to deal with all the... Um, um, uh, hostility and, uh, you know, persecution and all that in the early uh, days of our Christian walk. So my dad was disowned by the, her, his own family, and then he has to literally uh, run for his life from his hometown, and he was disowned by his family and also excommunicated with, uh, by his own community. So there was no uh, chance for him to survive in the community. So he has to leave and run to another place to find a refuge and to raise us as family. So that was kind of background that we grew up with. But at the age of uh, 17, I believe, I had an encounter with God where I was so desperate and I was so disappointed by the persecution and the hostility around us uh, as we were Christians. We were part of the church at the time. My dad was pastoring a church because uh, at the time when he was called, uh, he decided to follow Christ uh, uh, totally and he don't want to uh, uh, back up. And uh, he was so passionate to to share the gospel with others. So he he, uh, received that call. And he was obedient to that. So, so we obviously, as children, you know, we have to grow up with him. And uh, um, at that at a time, uh, I was disappointed because I was asking this question: Why Christians are uh, being persecuted? Why are we hated so much? And why people don't appreciate us or or accept us so much? Why so much of uh, hatred towards Christians? These were questions that I was battling with. And every specter of society, everything we have to do, 
has to deal with this, you know, when school admissions and job and uh, anything, even buying groceries from stores, you know, we will be ostracized and discriminated because of our Christian identity. So that was tough as a teenager growing up in that environment. So I made up my mind. I said, you know, I don't want to be a, a so-called Christian, uh, but I will I will work out and I will make money and I will be a businessman. I will save money and then I will help Christians who are being uh, victimized. Those were kind of a radical thinking in my mind, you know, to get out of uh, persecution as such and uh, the vulnerability as such. But then... There came a time and nothing was working out. I was very disappointed. I was discouraged. I was fall deep into a depression state of mind and I was thinking maybe I will kill myself. I don't want to live anymore because there's nothing desirable, nothing exciting happening. On top of that, people hate us so much. So why do I leave? Why do I continue this life? So I made up my mind. I wanted to run away from home and go do something crazy. And so... Uh, I decided that it's going to be a heartbreaking thing for my parents, so I don't want to do that in such a way. But so I decided to do it in a very uh, um, um, uh, sneaky way that I waited for them to go to bed one night, and then I thought I'll sneak out of the house and uh, walk away from house just like that. So I waited. That night was a turning point in my life because I was overwhelmed by all kind of emotional uh, 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 feelings were taking over me and uh, uh, thinking of leaving my home, thinking of missing my parents and thinking of uh, what would happen next. And there's so much of uncertainty and the fear of even killing myself, even though I wanted to do something crazy, but I was scared. And I was going through all this emotional uh, roller coaster at that moment. And I, I started crying to God. I just kneeled down and I cried to God. I said, Lord, I know I I know you are living. I I know you are true God. And our parents told me that that you answer our prayers. And in the in the midst of struggles and hardships, you will show up. And here I am. I need an answer. I need a I need to hear from you. I don't know what to do. And I'm I'm at a turning point. I'm maybe this is the last time I see my parents and my siblings. I don't know what to do. So uh, then I didn't. I lost my words and I I was crying. I just like weeping like a little kid. In the middle of that commotion, I heard the voice of God calling my name. My son, what is your problem? And so I was excited because I knew it is God speaking to me. First I thought it may be my dad or my mom heard me crying. Then I realized it is God. And that inner voice spoke to me and said, you know, what is your problem? I said, I, so I begin to uh, pour out my heart to him. And I said, Lord, you know my problem. I want a, and I want a job. I want prosperity in life. I want to move on and I want to be accepted in the society. I want to be in a better position so I can help others. And uh, you are the only one who can help me because there's nothing else hopeful for my life. And, and, uh, Immediately, before I could go any further, God said, I have a job for you. And so it, it is not an audible voice as such, you know, they say, the Lord, here I am and I have a job for No, it is that inner voice yes. in your conscious. You know God is speaking to you, you know. It is a very unique way of God dealing with our soul. So 
So I, I, I said, Lord, yeah, I, I know, I believe, and uh, you can do many things. You can, you are absolutely powerful, God. And now I am excited. I wanted to know what is my job look like. You know, I'm curious and I'm excited, and I, I'm, I'm in my awe. I'm asking God, tell me, tell me, what kind of job I have. And after a few minutes of silence, God spoke to me again and said, "I want you to serve me for the rest of your life." To be honest with you, I was disappointed because I wa- that's not what I wanted to do, as a matter of fact, because I was seeing the struggle of my parents, seeing the suffering of other Christians, and, and so I thought if I wanted to be a, a continue to be a, a, a disciple of Jesus Christ in such a way, I may have to go through the same suffering in my life. I, am, I, am I capable of doing that? You know, can I afford to struggle for, my, for the rest of my life like that? That was the kind of thinking in my mind. Then I realized if God has something planned for your life, if God purposed something in your life, that's how it's going to happen. So immediately I said to God, Lord, I'm not worthy to serve you. I thought maybe I will confess all my failures and my sins and my drawbacks. God may change his mind. And so I said, "Sounds a lot like Moses." Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so I said, "Lord, look at me. I have this problem, that problem. I'm insecure. You know, I'm fearful, and uh, and I, I have I have committed this sin, and that's. I was literally trying everything best as I can, hoping that God may change my mind, His mind. You know. So next thing I know, God said, "When I finish, God said, I want none of your qualifications. I want you." I want you because of my purpose for you is eternal. That's higher. You don't understand that now, but I want your life. Are you willing? So I broke down at that point. You know, I had no more words left. I had no excuses left. I, I just totally surrendered to the Lord. I begin to weep uh, continually, profusely. You know, and I, I said, Lord, if that's what you want, just as I am, here I am do what you want to do with my life. And so that total surrender came at the age of 17. And that's how I came to uh, know the Lord on a deeper way. Let, let me go back a little bit. You, you talked about excommunication, your, your father from the community. Yes. Um, for many who are probably listening, we, we have an American context uh, of this. Um, share with me, what does that literally mean? I mean, to be excommunicated from the community... So that means, you know, you are not allowed to go to uh, any, you will be banned to uh, do any dealings in the in the society. You can't, first of all, you can't live in the community. You can't go buy groceries. You can't go to school. You can't go to a barbershop. I remember my dad wants to take me to a barbershop to have a haircut. My barber sh- uh, shut the doors and said, you Christians, you know, you go somewhere else. I can't. Uh, cut your hair, you know. So you literally cannot live. Cannot live. We'll you be... can't make a living. You can't right. socialize. That's done. Exactly. Socialize is done. And more than that, there will be constant threat from uh, radical, you know, people around. They will come beat you up. They will, uh, you know, rape your children, your, your young women, and, you know, so they can do anything. That's the kind of... Uh, intense, uh, you know, uh, persecution, when I say excommunication. And this isn't the church of the first century. This is now. This is now. This is, I'm talking about about 30, 35 years ago. 
uh, or my forty years ago, I would say, when I was little. You know, I'm fifty two years old now, so in my early age, you know. So it is still happening. Yes, it is still happening, and people are going through uh, the same uh, type of you know persecution, or even more intense often. And uh, thank God, I'm still alive to tell this story. And my parents were alive, even though they were beaten up many times. My dad uh, used to work with the Salvation Army, so he has to wear the uniform. Uh, he, they have a you know uniform, you know that's immediately identify him as a, as a servant of God, as a missionary. So everywhere he goes, he he get humiliated, uh, rejected, and uh, he was beaten up many times. Wow. Yeah. Rika, share with us a little bit your story of how you came to Christ. Okay, uh, so I'm from a home. I was born and raised in a Hindu family, a very prominent Hindu family, and um, uh, know nothing about Christ. Uh, I don't know what Christianity is. Uh, my dad is very strict, and he always kept us in the four walls of uh, Hinduism, going to temple and uh, worshiping the idols, coming back home. And my mom was a typical household wife, and uh, we we grew up looking at her, and um, uh, so just to make a long story short, uh, uh, my dad got sick, really sick, and he had a stroke, and he was uh, he ended up in hospital, and the doctor said he's not gonna uh, leave anymore, and uh, you can call all your relatives and uh, um, arrange for the funeral, and I was just thirteen years old. Uh, that time. And uh, I was shocked, and I love my daddy very much. Like, uh, I'm the baby of the family, and he really loved me a lot. And according to him, um, when I was born, he, uh, in the Hindu culture, you know, we, uh, we, we see the horoscope and stuff like that. That's very prominent. As soon as a child is born, we uh, we do the horoscope. So according to my horoscope, uh, I brought a blessing and his business flourished and everything. So obviously I was given more attention uh, than uh, any other uh, siblings. I have one older brother and older sister, but uh, I was like his beloved. So he raised me up in that way. And me too, while growing up, uh, I always wanted to, uh, I always respected my dad and loved him and do not want to do anything that would uh, bring shame uh, for his uh, on his name because he's uh, he's our community leader too uh, in our in our in our community so he he's a leader he's a businessman and uh, very strict uh, so and uh, of course when when he was in his deathbed I said no one this is not happening to me I'm just 13 years old and he didn't even see me getting married. And as soon as a girl is born back home in India, this is what the dads would, would do, like start saving money for their wedding because we have to give wholesome amount of dowry and stuff like that. So he's been every year on my birthday, he will make a couple of jewelry and he will save it for that. Oh, he wow. will save it towards my wedding. So, And I've seen daddy doing so much and he's a very hardworking man and... Um, uh, he he started from scratch his business and and uh, of course like you know I loved him so much and being thirteen years old and he's dying I said no he he saved all this jewelry and everything for me and uh, I want him to see my wedding I don't want him to die and 
And then uh, I don't know what to do. So me and my sister, of course, we went to all the temples. And uh, those time we wore a lot of jewelry, me and my sister. So every temple we went, we gave our jewelry, everything as an offering to God just to heal my dad. And, you know, and um, but uh, uh, we started morning, early morning, because that's how we go to our temple, like four or five o'clock in the morning to worship our God or idol, whatever it is. So we started 5 o'clock in the morning, and uh, when we came back to the hospital, it was like 10 o'clock because uh, we went to, uh, and we walked. We walked to every temple. Uh, we walked, me and my sister. We walked without uh, wearing shoes, uh, you know, because that's that's some of our tradition. Like, you know, if you walk uh, bare feet, you know, you can please your God. or okay. those, those, those are little things. So we walked, we walked. When we came back to hospital, our legs were bruised and everything. But, you know, I saw my dad and he was same. Uh, doctor said he's uh, he's not going to leave. Uh, like, he won't see the morning tomorrow because it's a massive stroke. And that time I did not understand what it is. But I sat outside the outside the door and doctor said you can you can go home take her home because she's very too, she's too little to stay here in the hospital but i refused i started crying and i laid on the floor i said i'm not going anywhere you know and i started so doctor said okay fine she can stay here and i stayed there and and i was watching my dad from that glass window and i he was in in icm all the tubes and everything that was going on. And uh, I said, no, you're not taking my dad. You know, he's not dying. And and then I knelt down and I said, if there is a true God, if there is anybody true God, you know, because since morning we went to all the temples and everything, nothing happened. We gave all our jewelry as an offering, but nothing happened. So I said, if there is a true God, you heal him and I will, I'll give my life to you. I will be your slave, like, you know. Uh, and I cried, I was crying, and all of a sudden I heard this voice, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Every time I say this, it just gave me a goosebump, like, you know. It's giving me what? It's giving me <laughs> yeah, every time, every time I share that, it gives me a goosebump because that voice, like, yeah. you know, I heard the voice and it was so powerful. And uh, it's not like, you know, a big, mighty, thundering voice or something, yeah. you know, it was just a small, still voice and... And I ignored it at first because I don't know what it is. And the second time, the same way. And second time, I I looked around and there is nobody around me. I said, oh, who is talking to me like this? Third time, you know, I just said, okay, because I know I'm praying, like I'm calling to someone who is a real God. And this is what I heard, John chapter 3, verse 16. It says, I did not know at that time that it was a John <laughs> chapter 3, verse 16. It was later in my life when I found out. Uh, about the about Jesus and Bible that time, but this soft voice and then forgot the world, love the world that He gave you His only begotten Son. That's it. And then I said, I I started communicating. I said, okay, the voice. If you are a true God, you know, you heal my dad, and I promise I will be your slave, because that's how our culture is. Once you wanted to serve the Lord. Uh, now we have to go to our temple and give ourselves sure. as a as a slave and be be in the temple and serve for the rest of the life. You know, you stay there in the temple. So that's what, so I was willing to do that wow. for my dad to be a slave. So that's what I said. I will be your slave. You know, and then sure enough, and uh, I don't know. I slept there on the bench, or I'm not too sure. I can't remember. But morning. Uh, 
doctors were all like, you know, rushing in his room, in the ICU room and not knowing what happened. Mom was saying, what happened? Mom thought he's gone, you know. And I said, what? He's gone? And doctor said, no, he's actually he's improving. Wow. He's improving. And I said, what does that mean? It's He's improving. He said, you just wait and we will let you know. Let us work on him first. And then, of course, uh, and then he came out and he said he's improving. But, you know, then he I, I heard him talking to my mom that uh, he is improving, but he will be like a vegetable for the rest of his life in the bed because he's paralyzed. Uh, he said his left or right side is paralyzed. I'm not too sure. But and and when I heard that, I said, no. My dad is a very hardworking man. He's a businessman. For him, it would be better for him to die than to uh, the, than to be in the bed for like a vegetable because he's a hardworking man. I said, that's not what I wanted. I wanted him healed, and you know, I wanted him the same way that he was before. And then, of course, uh, in within seven days, he was healed, and he literally walked out of the hospital. Wow. Literally walked out of the hospital <laughs> and I said, oh, all right, that's uh, <laughs> okay now. All right, whoever you are, thank you. <laughs> you know, you healed my dad. And and since that time, I started looking for for this word. Who was this word? Who who told me this word or, you know, my, my curiosity. And, of course, I wanted to be his slave. Now I have to find out who that is. So, of course, I went to my... Um, my priest, like, you know, who yeah. who offer all the pujas and everything, offering to the guys. So we have a certain deities who who do all this. So I went to him and I asked him, uh, the book that, the holy book that we read as a Hindu, it's called Bhagavad Gita. And then uh, I said, in our book, is there anything like this written, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son and he looked at me and he said, where did you get that from? Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, no, there is nothing, nothing written. I said, are you sure? Can you read the whole book and let me know? <laughs> he said, no. And he, he kind of warned me. And I said, uh, uh, if, you, if you come back to me with the same question, I'm going to tell your dad about this. Did he know? Like, did, did he know where that came from? Do you think? I think in Sanskrit, like, you know, uh, if you read the book, it's uh, it's yeah. written, uh, it's written the one who died on, on the wooden, uh, something in Sanskrit, it's there. Yeah, there so, is, sorry to interrupt, you know, there is a um, lot of ancient writings has hidden uh, record of Jesus Christ, mm. even in, in some of the ancient Indian writings. Wow. So the the pundits or the or the scholars they knew this truth, but they won't reveal to anybody. Sure, yeah. sure. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. So he obviously knew this is gonna lead her down a path that's gonna pour away from exactly the gods of Hinduism. Correct. Right? Okay. Right. And maybe that's the that's yeah. why and I was I was just thirteen years old and I wouldn't sure we know to respect him and we know to obey him. We cannot uh, like, you know, uh, ask him back answer or something. So I did not go in deeper. But then I say, when he said no, I said, okay, fine, it's not in, in this book, so where do I go next? And I know my Muslim friend, so I asked her, she's my good friend, so I said, is it in, in Quran, you know, do you have this verse written, like, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son? She said, no. 
And I said, no, no, please go home. Ask your mom because <laughs> I know I'm 13, you're 30. <laughs> you don't know everything. She said, no, I know everything because when I'm when I'm three years old, we start reading Quran. And by 13, I know my Quran, like, you know, everything. So she said, I don't think so. Is it? I said, I will give you one more week. You just <laughs> <laughs> check, again, yeah, right? check again, read it. And then, you know, uh, then come. It's very serious. Okay. It's my life. You're, so she said, I said, don't play with it. She said, okay, fine. I will ask my mom and some other people investigate and I will come back to you. You know, we are 13 years old. And she, of course, come back and she said, no, we don't have that in and then I don't know any other culture. Like, uh, I wasn't introduced to Christianity or I don't know anything about it. So I'm, I don't know how to go for it. And then, uh, then now, now when I'm telling you this, it, like, couple years are passing by. It's not that it just came so sure. quick, you know, I'm, I met, uh, and then one time when I was going to, um, I think I was going to my college and I, I used to ride, um, a motorbike. And my friend, I was, my friend was with me on, and I saw a crowd just next to my college. And I said, what is this big crowd about? And she said, oh, this is uh, some Christian people's gathering, you know. And um, I said, let's go in there and see, uh, because I think this is Christian, is this a, a religion or, you know? She said, yeah, of course, they are Christians, you know, they... They do something they have. They have their own God. And I said, let's go in and check it out, you know. And she said, no, are you crazy? We, we, we can go in there, you know. And uh, you know your dad. And um, uh, so you can go in there. I said, no, just let. Uh, she was scared. And uh, I said, okay, you stay here and I will I will quickly go and I'll come back. And, of course, I went in and I, uh, I was asking, do you have a... Uh, have somebody like you know your guru or because I don't know what you call like you know priest I don't know to yeah. say pastor or uh, or priest I don't know uh, what do you call your leaders so I said do you have a guru or something that I can talk to you know and the way I'm dressed they all know that I'm a Hindu girl you know because we dress different so she, one of the ladies she said uh, come let me take you to a, to our pastor I said who and she said uh, our pastor and I said who is that or oh, she said oh that's our guru <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, uh, then she of course she took me to pastor and I said pastor you know that I cannot stay in here for a long time because uh, you will be in trouble and I will be in trouble so I just have a quick question you know and I said do you read any book or something in your book if this verses are written uh, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son and he sure enough he pulled up his bible and took me to john chapter 3 and 16 he showed me that word and that's when i fell on his feet and i said okay i got the proof now i'm here a slave uh, oh, you wow. know because i promised him yeah a couple of years before that if you heal my dad you know and this is the god i think who healed my dad because this is the word i heard and past couple years i'm looking for him and you are the only one who showed me the proof, you know, that it's written in the word. And and then I said, I'm, I'm going to be your slave. And I fell on his feet and I said, wow. I'm your slave. And he picked me up and he said, my daughter, my, my God, no call nobody slave. You're his daughter. You're his friend. That's what the Bible says. <laughs> and of course, I didn't spend a lot of time there. I have to go because I don't want to put them in trouble. And I left and I said, can I come here again? Like, you know. He said, you can come anytime you want. And then I really hide a couple of times and, and I went to, and then he gave me a small Bible to read and everything, but I cannot take that Bible at home. <laughs> 
it was yeah i have to hide it and stuff like that so Rachel, yeah, i'm going to i'm going to stop you there for a minute sure. and we're going to end this episode this is the first time we're going to end an episode on a cliffhanger Okay. And so when we come back on the next episode, those who are listening next week, you're going to have to hear the rest of the story. And so let me let me close this out. And then uh, next time, next week, you'll definitely want to come in and hear the rest of Reka's story um, because there, I've heard it and there's much more still to tell. And uh, I just, I, I, as I sit here, Simon Reka, I just want to let you know, I am just in awe of our God mm-hmm. and the way he reaches mm-hmm. us. Uh, just a profound way. And so let me wrap us up. If you're, if you're listening to us, you definitely want to um, come back to the podcast next week um, as we hear uh, the rest of Reiko's story. And then uh, even hear the story, why are they here in in the Finger Lakes region? Um, I'm excited to hear the rest of that. Um, remember uh, to check out uh, crosswinds.church. That's where you can find out all things about this podcast and, of course, Crosswinds itself. Um, I'm looking forward to our continued conversation next week. But for now, be blessed and bless others. 